The following program is underwritten in part by World's Best Cat Litter. You love your cat, but you don't love the litter box mess. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter and get a cleaner litter box with less hassle and less litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and in your local grocery and pet stores. The following program is also underwritten in part by Biogen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And if you want to talk to Joey Villani or Dr. Debbie, dial this number right now, 1-866-405-8405 to ask your questions about your dog, your kitty, your ferret, your parrot, uh, whatever animal you have, even your husband. Judy will answer questions about husbands. Oh, She's boy, can I tell you Yeah, you've been stuff. through a few, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> On today's show, an encore interview with comedy legend Paul Reiser, comedian Paul Reiser from, well, I remember him from Mad About You, but That's, he's done so much. Yeah, he's done oh, a lot cool, of movies too. and stuff, but I just of, love that show. A lot of great books, cool. too. Yeah, so yeah. that's on the way right here on Animal Radio. And Joey Volani, the dog father, what are you working on? Well, we got to talk about the flea epidemic that's going on in the country um, today. Actually, North America, we're having a bad flea problem. We're going to talk about, you know, some alternative ways to how to keep them off your pet. Is it worse this year than it was last? It actually is. Um, they're getting used to the um, pesticide, and that's not uncommon. I mean, you see it every few years. You know, so they got to, once, once that, um, you know, happens, they'll change the formulation a little bit, and next year we'll have no fleas, and then we'll be good for a year or two, and then it'll come back again. You know, evolution, baby. Hey, Joey, what is it that makes fleas bite people? Because I don't have hairy um, legs, and I think I've no, got a lot ha- of flea bites. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with it. It's, it's, you know what, they're looking, they're looking for a host. They're looking, you know, for their food supply. They don't like us. Um, they don't, they don't, they don't like our blood. So what they'll do is they'll take a bite and say, I don't want this. And they'll, they'll jump off and find a, um, you know, a pet host. What's with you, Judy? You. Judy, you're getting bitten by fleas all the time. Oh, God, you know, I used to as a kid. Are I'm you not... hairy? Do you have no, hairy legs? No, I shave my legs. Oh, okay. But they still bite. They're not going to live on they you, but they see... will bite you. Yeah, they seem so bad this year. You're right. Okay, we're going to find out more about that. And if you're having a flea problem, uh, listen up. And if you live in Las Vegas, like Dr. Debbie, and she uh, she doesn't have fleas there. Apparently, it's too dry and arid. Too but dry. she does have ticks there. Yeah. You know, I just had a story. When I was young, we lived in a... We rented a house, and the people who owned the house kept their dogs there. We didn't have dogs, but they did. They kept it in the backyard. Uh-huh. And I remember wearing white knee socks. And oh, walking out in the backyard and then coming in oh, and no. looking down and your knee socks were just covered with black dots, covered with fleas. And you can see them all you over know, the white knee socks. That would happen when we would go on these rescues to rescue these these hoarders um, that either, you know, left the abandoned animals or uh. they actually died. And we would go into the houses to rescue them. And when I say you'd be covered um, where you couldn't even see, you know, you couldn't see the white of your socks anymore. Uh. I mean, yeah, it's bad sometimes. Mm. And you know what? I mean, people don't realize. I mean, your, your, your pets can actually die from it. It's extremely bad. Um, they, they could die. 
Yeah, they, they make them anemic. They suck their blood. Yeah. Okay, uh, so more on that in just a few minutes. Let's go to the phones right now for your calls. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And we go to Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Phoenix, Arizona. Is it hot there today? Oh, is it hot here today? What's the temperature? It's like when when people it's say it's like a hundred and no, it's ninety seven right now. Oh, that's cool! Wow, that's, that's really cool. mild, isn't it? Yeah, it is for here. <laughs> I I don't understand how you guys do it out there, but uh, uh, we love it. Well, welcome to the it's show. The dry heat. It is the dry heat. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, and you don't have? Do you guys have tick? I mean, fleas out there? Oh, uh, the doggies get um, ticks. Ticks, but no fleas. No. Too dry they for. Die. <laughs> Too they much can't heat. handle it. They die. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what's uh, going on? How can we help you today? Well, this time of the year, the fruit is abundant out here. We're talking lemons, limes, grapefruit, and this time of the year we get uh, roof, what we call roof rats. Roof rats. Yeah. Oh yes. They're, they're they're like if you take a soda can, a coke, and lay it vertically, that's about the size of them. And I've got a six pound Yorkie. And the other day I was hearing some commotion, so I runs out back, and she just destroyed this guy. Now, oh my gosh! I was scared. The, the rugrats. How does a Yorkie kill a rugrat? Uh, well, you. She, pardon? Well, probably so. Yeah, and actually, what's not terribly surprising, um, a lot of people don't know that Yorkshire Terriers actually were a ratting breed in the 19th century in England. They, wow. That's actually what yeah. they're job was so they were sent into little burrows and into mines and factories and they kept the rodents um under control so some of this is instinct for for these little guys and they are tough little tenacious dogs so she's a shepherd oh gosh yeah they do you know and i have a yorkie mix so i know there's a lot of personality a lot of attitude behind those little bodies yeah yes so um so the rat was killed. Was she okay afterwards? Rocky, yeah, the puppy was fine, but she okay. stunk of Ew. of rat, and I okay. must have shampooed her three, four times until her breath kind of mellowed out. And I was just wondering if she killed it with her mouth, and he, he could have possibly bit her, or is there any infection mm-hmm. there? Well, you know, there are some potential infections that pets can get either directly or indirectly from wild rodents like the rough rats. Um, so some of those things, you know, while they may not be terribly common, might be a concern, especially if she keeps up this ratting habit. <laughs> um, yeah. But there, you know, we do have um, in the wild rodent populations, even in the desert, um, they can have fleas. And fleas are important because they can carry, in the, especially in the desert southwest, um, yeah. uh, the plague, um, which is uh, really? the bubonic plague. Yeah, so it's actually seen um, commonly in New Mexico, Arizona, a little bit in Nevada and California. So that's something mm-hmm. that the, the fleas that affect rodents can then bite pets and then um, have them to develop that disease. So um, yeah. just, you know, even though you don't see fleas on your dog, um, know that they do exist in the wildlife. So, you know, yeah. consider using a regular flea protectant for that. And then, yeah. you know, I think the, the other big disease that comes to mind is um, leptospirosis. 
And um, that's a bacterial infection that animals can get from the environment. So like in moist environments where there's a lot of rain or flooding. Yeah, um, right now that's, we're right in the middle of monsoon. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this, this bacterial disease is actually um, spread through uh, rodents, um, things like squirrels and mice and rats. So um, if, um, yeah. you know, if you do have rodents around, that might be something to consider. And, you know, that can be a bad disease. Um, definitely can cause, you know, some kidney failure, some horrible symptoms. So there is On a the vaccination. Animal, or animal and humans. Um, actually, in humans as well, yeah. So um, that is a concern for people um, in those environments. Well, I'll tell you so, what I did was I notified the association, and mm-hmm. they came over and placed the three live traps, mm-hmm. okay, and they got mm, two of them, which they sent out, and they both uh, came back disease-free. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad and that I they're, they're checking. Over. I was just upset about it. If that little rug rat could have hurt the dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, um, it's certainly possible. And I will tell you, my own dog, my former Labrador, um, uh-huh. came across a rat and swallowed it in one big gulp. Oh, and it no. was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, seeing Uh-oh. the tail like a piece of spaghetti going down his gullet. Uh-oh. I was uh, just I'm glad I heard the commotion and didn't see much. Yeah, oh, yeah. I would have but been you know, all over the place. <laughs> and the other thing that, you know, for pet owners, if they do have animals, dogs and cats that are, you know, avid hunters and that are, you know, catching wild rodents, there uh-huh. is the the remote possibility of a poisoning. So, you know, some some people put out rat poisons to, to try to manage um, wild rodents. And yeah. if those rodents die and your pet eats, you know, not just one necessarily, but multiple rodents that have the pestis or the rodenticide in it, um, they yeah. can get a secondary toxicity. So that can be something else to be watchful yeah. for, any kind of bleeding exactly. disorders. I was wondering that myself. Yeah, wow. but hopefully your baby, other than just being a tough little gal, um, hopefully she'll yeah. be fine. But I would certainly, you know, monitor her for any symptoms of any yeah. uh, problems, like swollen glands. Uh, yeah, she's all mm-hmm. over me right now. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I want to know a little more about these rats here. You call them roof rats like R-O-O-F, roof rats. Yes. Is that yes. because they hang out on the roof? Yeah, basically, that's how they get their... Uh, they get the droppings, if, you know, if you don't pick them up in time. But if there are no droppings, they can cl- they can get up on the roof and mm-hmm. through overhang, you know, they can get the they get to the fruit. But normally, yeah. I don't know how they got the name, but normally they get them from the ground. Roof rats are actually they're great climbers, so that's why they actually prefer height. So they don't re- they will burrow on the ground and bushes and, and, and vegetation, but they actually prefer being high up. So they like to climb yeah. up um, buildings, um, trees, yeah. and yeah. Um, yeah, and they're very prolific. So they can have uh, you know at least six litters a year. So oh. you can easily have a very expanding population well, of rats. And um, what I'm assuming is why they love Arizona so much is. Ninety percent of your homes out here are stucco, so that's got to mm-hmm. be very easy for them to go vertical. Yes, that plus all yeah. the like you mentioned, all the fruit trees. They love fruits, yeah. seeds. Um, in, yeah. in the Las Vegas area, we have date palms, which they love to eat those little juicy dates. Um, yeah. So all of those are good food sources. But you know, it's a great thing to think about. If you do have these, you want to do what you can to not ha- make um, a happy home for them in your backyard. So not leaving pet food out, securing your garbage. Yeah. All yeah. of that kind of stuff, and making sure you secure your home for you know any kind of like little nooks or yeah. crannies where they can crawl in. Okay, exactly. That's what the homeowners association they sent out a letter in uh, 
and everything you just suggested, they had on there. No food left mm-hmm. out. Watch yeah. the garbage, yeah. you know. Don't leave things that they can hide under, like, you know, these stockpile shrubs or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so you've answered my question. Well, good. And now I'm going to I'm going to give you some more worries. Okay, in just a few minutes, Lori Brooks, our news director here, she's going to talk about hawks and whether or not they can come on down and take off with your six pound Yorkie or your uh, eight pound uh, what kind of dog? Chihuahua. 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 <laughs> I think they can. We'll find out in just a few minutes. Okay, Jimmy. Okay. Thanks for your call. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to the Dream Team. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. This is Animal Radio. For over a decade, Biogen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Biogen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for Animal Radio listeners at www.biogenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, where we celebrate the connection with our pets. And you can call our toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405, to talk to Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani. Uh, Joey taking a quick break right now, but he'll be back in to talk about fleas because we're having an extra bad flea season. And he has, you know, if you want to do it naturally, and a lot of us do want to do it naturally, he has some great tips for getting rid of your fleas naturally, just right around the corner. Also, an encore interview with Paul Reiser, comedian Paul Reiser, just around the corner also. And, oh, I wanted to mention, they told me to mention this. Last week, we had a couple of great interviews. We had Christine O'Leary, com- comedian Christine O'Leary, as well as Dr. Nicholas Dodman talking about the uh, psychological maladies that animals have, much like humans. Some great interviews, and they were pretty extensive interviews, and sometimes they go on longer than the constraints we have for this show. So what we've done is we posted the entire unedited interviews over at uh, both our Twitter page and at animalradio.pet. And you can also get those by signing up for our newsletter over there, all free of charge for you. And I encourage you to, if you feel like you didn't get enough of any of the interviews, there's probably more. Head on over to our website. Coming up in just a few minutes, Lori Brooks with our news update and what's going on in the newsroom. Well, we're going to find out, are those stories about hawks nabbing babies and, you know, tiny dogs and cats from yards or owls even, are those stories true? Can that really happen? Well, I would imagine yes. I would think so. I, You're right. They yeah. can. It's not as often as, you, as as what we've been led to believe, um, but you can protect yourself from them or protect your pet. More importantly, now, Doctor um, Debbie, you have will tell you how to do that. Doctor Debbie, you have big dogs, right? So you don't have to worry about that, right? No, I have a little dog and a big dog. So my 15 pounder has twice been swooped down upon uh-huh. uh, by owls. Um, so I believe it because uh, my big dog kind of scared the owls away on both occasions. Yeah. Do you ever hear stories in your practice of people saying, hey, their hawk came down or an owl came down and took away their dog? 
or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, it, it's probably less common than we hear about coyote attacks or bobcats, but um, it, it does happen, and especially in some of the more um, kind of rural areas where, you know, animals, the small guys can kind of run out there and, and be spotted really easily. I know when we take Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, for a walk, occasionally mm-hmm. we'll go down this path where there's these big hawks that will circle. <laughs> I think they're actually like turkey buzzards. What do they call those turkey? I think they're turkey buzzards. Uh, I don't ugly know. birds. They could be turkey bul- vultures. Yeah, or turkey vultures. Black vultures. Yeah, and yeah. The, the big red uh, like uh, beak. And mm-hmm. that's they, a turkey vulture. Yeah, they come. They come on down and they they circle for a little while. And I'm always worried that they're gonna. I I'll like uh, just watch that hawk carefully. Not like I would know what to do if it came down and and tried to take tried her. To take her, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, You'd fight. That's, that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would fight. Fight to the end. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's on the way right here on Animal Radio. Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N Pets dot com. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, five things to remember about the 9-11 rescue and search dogs. It's a massive understatement to say that 9-11 changed the world. It's a day that those of us who were alive and old enough to remember will never forget. And as 9-11 approached, I thought about things that still impact me. Several years ago, I had the pleasure and honor to speak with Nona Kilgore Bauer, author of the book, Dog Heroes of September 11, as well as some of the handlers of the search and rescue dog teams. Their stories were inspiring as well as heartbreaking, and they left an impression deep in my heart. In remembrance of 9-11 and in honor of their efforts, their dedication, and their selfless acts, I thought I would share some things that all of us should know and remember about these amazing dogs and their handlers. Hundreds of dedicated search and rescue dogs and their handlers made an effort that hadn't been seen previously. They worked beyond tirelessly to search for injured survivors, remains, and more in an unprecedented disaster scene that was not only dangerous but also filled with an overwhelming sense of sadness and desperation. There were numerous breeds of dogs reported to be utilized during the initial recovery and rescue efforts, including German Shepherds, Labrador Retrievers, Belgian Shepherds, Border Collies, Bloodhounds, Golden Retrievers, and more. The teams put in an average of 7 to 10 days at the sites, which were filled with hazardous debris and carcinogens. Very few of the dogs sustained any acute injuries, despite not having the kind of safety and protective gear that human rescuers had. Besides being deployed at the World Trade Center and the Pentagon, some of the dog teams were also deployed at the Fresh Kills landfill site in New Jersey to locate remains of those who perished. Sirius, a -a four-and-a-half-year-old yellow lab, was the only canine killed during the 9-11 attacks. He was an explosives detection dog who was killed during the collapse of Tower 2. When his body was recovered on January 22, 2002, he received a hero salute when all work was stopped and everyone at the site lined up and saluted his body that had been draped with an American flag. As a bonus and in an attempt to shine a spotlight on the bravery of canines and their absolute dedication and unwavering love and loyalty for their pet parents, I also encourage all of you to read up on two dogs who were high up in the towers on that fateful day. 
Read the stories of Roselle and Dorado, two guide dogs who refused to leave their owners' sides and guided their blind human companions down 78 and 71 floors to safety. There's so much more to say, honor, and be inspired by. Today I'll end it with a thank you to all of those, human and animal, who selflessly and tirelessly work for our safety and protection. God bless all those who bless others in times of tragedy and need. Share your remembrances on our Animal Radio Facebook page. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Well, you might have thought that high-flying hawks hunting for innocent smaller house pets way down below in people's yards was nothing but an urban myth. But you know what, friends? It does happen. In 2011, a hawk plucked two small dogs from their Boston area yard and dropped them from the sky, which resulted in some pretty serious injuries for those two little dogs. And then a few years later, in 2013, a hawk nabbed a Pomeranian from its home in South Carolina, and that little dog did not survive. But, I mean, it's scary, right? So should we be fearing for the safety of our pets in their own yards? Hell yes. You think so? I think so. I'm worried about my pet. Yeah, Yeah, we got hawks that sit up here. They sit up on the telephone lines and watch the dogs in the yard. Yeah. The the answer is experts say, no, you shouldn't fear it. But if you have a pet that is under 20 pounds, and some will say as little as 15 pounds, that you do need to do some things. Great horned owls, they do have a, a horrible reputation for attacking domesticated cats. Uh, but there are a number of ways to avoid those confrontations. And many times, you know, like you guys were saying, you see hawks on your telephone poles and the uh-huh. lines and things. A lot of times it is just as simple as knowing if your yard is also viewed as a hawk or rather by a hawk or an owl as its own home. You know, it's kind of oh. like double duty. Like territory. So, yeah, if they, its own territory. Exactly. So there are a few things that uh, those of you with small pets can do to make sure that your pet is safe. In the United States, great horned owls, northern goshawks, and red-tailed hawks are three of the most common birds of prey that will lash out at small dogs and cats. So find out if any of those are in your area. And they will lash out at those animals under 20 pounds. There's a group called Hawks Aloft in Albuquerque, New Mexico. They're a nonprofit. They say their area has a huge population of Cooper's Hawks, which can be fiercely protective, but mostly of their nests. And they won't just attack pets, but they will attack anything that threatens its territory, including humans. So they recommend that pets under 15 pounds, because of these Cooper's Hawks, that those young, small pets be supervised at all times during outdoor activities there in the Albuquerque area. Some other tips, a flashlight can also be used to shoo away owls. 
Um, experts note that making yourself larger than the hawk or the owl, you know, kind of like you would with a bear, putting your arms in the air and shouting at it will intimidate them to, you know, fly away if they do prepare to strike. And also an umbrella is a pretty useful tool to defend from hawk attacks. Mm-hmm. Did you see that video of the, the, uh, the hawk that came down and took that baby up? I know you know that was no. a no, uh, Really? Uh, it was a hoax. What do you mean it was a hoax? It was a hoax. It was, I think it was Canadian, uh, vet students that did that. Or some, huh? it, some Canadian college students that put that together. Really? It looks it, real. Yeah, that's real what I'm you. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. I mean, I know what you just said about being under 15 pounds, but I watched and it, it's, it's all over, um, 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 YouTube and, um, it's an eagle that actually picks up a goat. Picks up a goat. And, and actually picks it up and start, and the goat gets away, and then the goat tries to get it again, and they roll down the hill, and you think the eagle's hurt, and you think the goat's hurt, and they both get up, and the eagle tries to fly away again, and it goes on for a good, I'm gonna say 15, 20 seconds, where you are blown away that this eagle is that big, that it can do it. Now I know in New Jersey we have bald eagles, um, so on Jersey I they make be, them pretty big. <laughs> you know, I'd be afraid, um, you know, with my, my, 20 pound dog uh, sure and we have hawks everywhere yeah you know what i don't really care what the experts say because the expert is not going to be there when it comes down and picks up my little ladybug that's you know yeah and she weighs what nine pounds now nine pounds going on eight so yeah (laughs) yeah so i i I gotta you you know what'll happen yeah what the experts will come out with a um with a new um um, headline that you know um be careful watch your pets a week later if 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 you report it so or it's only the black and white pets under 10 pounds yeah so i just can't believe that baby videos uh i'm I'm going to snopes during the break just to find out yeah now i saw that video you're talking about joey and now i'm wondering uh is it true you know i mean can you believe anything that you see now well apparently not i know yeah yeah, and, and isn't that disheartening? Because sometimes I just don't even watch videos now because I think they're all lying to me. You know? It used to be, show me a picture and it would be proof. And then the Photoshop came along yeah. and it was right. like, show me a video. Right. And now you can't even trust the video. You feel sorry for yeah. Ripley's Believe It or Not. How do they verify yes. all those things? Yes. Because they're there and they watch with their own eyes. Oh. Uh, Rover.com, you're probably familiar with that. In fact, I know you are, Judy, because it's a website for pet sitters and dog walkers. And um, they have released a report about the state of dog ownership in America in which over 1,000 adult dog owners were surveyed and questioned. And among some of their more interesting statistics called from the answers to questions that they got, 65% of U.S. dog owners take more pictures of their dog than of their significant other or friends. No surprise. True that. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I take, that's all I take pictures of are my pets, right? Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, 46% of dog owners are more likely to complain to their dog than complain to a friend. And just over half of dog owners believe it is harder to find the perfect dog walker than it is to find the perfect spouse. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, well, you got you, you got to be more critical about the, uh, the, the, dogs, the dog walker yes. yeah, than a spouse. I mean, you know, it's like... I know. I, I'm the one who leaves the, the three-inch thick book on how to feed my dogs if I have to go away on vacation. <laughs> yeah. If the dogs don't come with us, which is normal. Yep. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
This Healthy Serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the Grain-Free Red Barn Naturals, canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at redbarninc.com, and thank you guys at Red Barn for underwriting Animal Radio. Here's a big sloppy kiss. I believe we have uh, Toby on the phone. Hi, Toby. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How about yourself? Good. Where are you? Uh, right now, in uh, London, Mary, Matt, or something like that. London, Mary, New Hampshire. London, New Hampshire. Oh, you're a trucker? Yep. And uh, you travel with your animals there? Oh, yeah. Uh, what's... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what's going on with them? Well, we've got, we've got a puppy that's, what, how old? About four or five months old. That he has short hair like his mother, uh, jet black like his dad. But all of a sudden, he started losing hair, the hair around one eye and one eye only. Okay. Is he itchy with that? He doesn't seem to be bothered. It doesn't seem to bother him. Okay. And is that the only place that you see any kind of hair loss? Yep. All righty. Well, my sneaking suspicion on this one here is that you are probably dealing with a type of a skin mite. And puppies, um, particularly because they're still developing their immune system, they're very susceptible to developing mites. And um, there's a particular mite called the Demodex mite, um, which um, isn't something you can catch, so you don't have to, like, you know, scratch your arms and, and worry about that. But it is something that dogs catch from other dogs, and particularly they get it from their mom. Their mom may never actually show signs of it. It's just there sometimes on the skin. In the Demodex mite, in a puppy, um, we'll often see hair loss around the eyes, the front legs, um, anywhere on the facial area. And, um, you know, if it's just a single spot, you may not need to do a darn thing for it. Um, but if it starts to cause some problems or you see more hair loss in other areas, then we may need to talk about using some topical medicine or maybe even like some dips. Sometimes we'll use that. Um, but that would be my guess as far as what you're dealing with there, especially if he's not bothered by it. Would, would Neosporin do anything to it? Probably not, no. And because if we're dealing with a skin mite, um, you know, there's particular medicines that we can use, but all the regular things that you might pull off the shelf, uh, you know, all the cortisones and the topicals and such that we have in our medicine cabinet aren't going to do a darn thing for a mite problem. But, like I said, if it's a mild problem and there's just a little bit of some hair loss and it's not bothering him, it's not spreading, you may not need to do anything. And a lot of dogs will actually grow out of that tendency for that mite. Um, but if we see more spots, then I definitely start talking about doing some dipping. Um, but the best way that, you, you know, we could figure out what's going on there is to have your veterinarian do a test called a skin scraping. And it sounds horrible, but it's really not all that bad. It's basically where we take uh, some of the cells from the skin and we look under the microscope and uh, look for these little creepy crawlers. They, they look like little cigars, actually, under a microscope. Um, and if we see those, then we've got our diagnosis and we know where we're going. Um, so I would definitely see about getting that done for your baby and uh, probably not going to be anything that's going to keep him itching or scratching in the long run. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. If you've got a question, give me a call at 1-866-405-8405. Well, it's happening again. It's the 8th annual Fido-Friendly Get Your Licks on Route 66 Adoption Tour. Our friends at Fido Friendly are traveling along America's favorite highway, Route 66, adopting animals. And they will be today in Albuquerque, New Mexico at the PetSmart. Tomorrow in Santa Fe at the PetSmart. And on Wednesday at the Lawton Animal Welfare Shelter in Lawton, Oklahoma. 
If you want to learn more, head on over to FidoFriendly.com. And we encourage you to visit them because they have lots of fun and prizes. You get to spin the wheel as well as maybe take home a furry new friend and possibly a cat or dog. <laughs> learn more over at FidoFriendly.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Friendly Magazine presents the 8th Annual Month-Long Pet Adoption Tour, Get Your Licks, on Route 66, on the road from September through October. Along with media sponsor Animal Radio and companion sponsors Turf Mutt and Evercare, we travel in our Mercedes Sprinter, provided by Sprinter Rentals from L.A. to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Our community sponsors John Paul Pet, Zeus Pet Toys, Pet Curian, Well Pet, Tito's Vodka, and Vets Best go along for the ride while we bring our giant spinning wheel filled with prizes you can win. Log on to Get Your Licks on Route66.com to find out where the tour stops near you. You can help raise money for your shelter, and you might just find your new forever friend. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It gives me great honor to present to you the dog father, Joey Villani, exclusively on Animal Radio. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, but we have a little epidemic in the country with fleas again. Oh, no. Um, so I wanted to, I want, yeah. I mean, we're seeing, you know, it's funny because if, if I mean, how many years have I been on animal radio now? Well, since I, 2008. I, I don't even know. But so eight years. Eight years. So it seems like every other year or every third year, we start talking about the flea epidemic. And, and again, this is a real heavy year. The groomers are seeing it. And I was in the um, pet store the other day, and um, I was watching people by the droves, you know, start buying, you know, those, that, those topical um, um, treatments, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but you know what they they do work, but they're not working right now. So what's happening is uh, the fleas are now starting to get immune to the um, pesticides that they're putting in these <laughs> products. So what happens is, is they got to actually switch back um, to what what they were originally using. So I want to talk about number one to be careful um, if your pet has a reaction of any of these and don't buy the cheap ones guys I know a lot of people want to go into um, you would you know you want to go into one of these stores and you see them on on sale for five dollars but there's there's a lot of problems with it with a, with a lot of different brands out there that I've heard uh, my clients firsthand I had a woman that had three pugs a few years ago and she used a cheaper brand and all three of them um, had to be put down for neurological problems wow Jeez. within 24 hours after using it okay I mean yeah I mean you can go after the company but they're making so much money out they're never going to stop making it unfortunately so be careful don't go cheap number one okay number two there's a lot of easy ways that you can you can get rid of your fleas okay number one listen it's a problem that we have because we have squirrels you have deer you have everything running through your yard that are dropping fleas so they're going to be in your yard so what i say is get a landscaper that can actually take care of your yard exterminate put down some chemicals and get rid of it in your yard first secondly if you use a um good flea comb now, this is a really good alternative to pesticides. Uh-huh. Flea combs will do a really, really good job of getting rid of fleas, and it's not going to cause, you know, any type of, you know, reaction except just getting them off, off of your pet. The other thing is, is a good degreaser. When I say degreaser, I'm talking about Dawn dish detergent. Okay. De- fleas don't like um, degreases. The, the reason why is this. They have an exoskeleton. Their skeleton's on the outside of the body. Just like Donald so Trump. Like the, yes. Okay. <laughs> there, you, <laughs> there, there you go. 
anyway, um, I'm not going to say and go there, but um, they're like the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz, okay? He can't move. He needs to be oiled. So what you're doing is you're drying them out completely. You're basically dehydrating and they can't move and they're going to die. Um, it's a really, really good alternative to pesticides. Otherwise, you got to experiment a little bit. Um, you, we, we, we don't know what works until it stops working, and then um, you know you got to go into something else. But the other thing is that's really important. If your pet has fleas, you have to go through all the steps. It's a long process. You got to take care of the house. You got to take care of the bedding. You got to take care of you transported your pet in your in, in in the car. You have to basically start from. It's, it's it's grassroots um treatment you know start with the backyard start with the house start with the pet start with the car start with the bedding we will eventually get rid of them but once you get rid of them initially from your pet flea comb every single day you'll have no problems that's what we do i flea comb all the cats every yeah, day it's our, our bonding time is what it is yeah you're very thorough you do that every I single do. day i see that's and i great. pick them out and i dump them into a little alcohol and i watch them squirm not the cats the <laughs> you know <laughs> the fleas it, and in california it doesn't seem like the um, problem is is nearly as bad as it is in the humid climates you know, well, when, when you go on the East Coast, anywhere from Jersey to Florida, I mean, especially Florida, Florida, they actually, you know what, that's, you have pets, you have fleas. That's, yeah. you know, it's just known. Yeah, you know it's what? along the coast, it, it is. It is along the coast. And like yeah. Dr. Debbie in Las Vegas, she sees no fleas because they, wow. they don't live there unless they... They can't live they, in that they, kind of climate. It's, it's arid. It's dry, yeah. too. And, yeah. and again, it's the dry, you know, it's the exoskeleton again, so a dry, you would condition. But, you know, I'm going to give you a little bit of a tidbit. There's a great book called, if you can still find it, it's called Form function and fancy and all it's about it's mainly a breeder's book uh-huh. but the woman that wrote the book her name is Sandra Lemire she's a genius one of, the, one of the most intelligent people I know about pets where they did a study because she had a shampoo company and the study they did is they found that pets that were kept clean dogs and cats had a 70% less chance of contacting and keeping the fleas. What they found out is the fleas do not like a clean environment sure. because it's not conducive to their health. So when the pet is kept clean, they find that their chances of, of holding the fleas, they'd rather find a new host. So they'll go off of that pet to find a, 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 a pet that's a little bit more dirty or has a skin problem where they know that their longevity um, you know, is a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes sense. And you know, those topicals that you were talking about, like Frontline and Advantage, we used to use those. And you're right, they, the fleas became resistant to it. It was the weirdest thing. It was like you'd put it on, the fleas would like mock you, they would laugh, they would go, ha ha ha, this tickles, let's do some more of this. And then uh, I, I accidentally, I think I've told the story before, I accidentally spilled a drop of one of those topicals next to my keyboard, and a little drop fell onto my keyboard on my computer. And I started to wipe it off, and there's a hole. It, Oof, it, it, it ate through it, it ate through the plastic keys. On uh, so I can't imagine what it's doing to your animal when it gets on their back there. So anything wow. natural, I'm all for. I love the Dawn detergent. I love the flea combs. I think those are probably one of the best ways to keep fleas and keep your pet clean. With yes, the Dawn detergent, exactly. then do you just use the Dawn like shampoo? Use it as shampoo. You know what? And, and, and I should have, I'm glad you said that because I should have went a little further with it. A quarter cup of Dawn, a gallon of water, um, and, and use that just like you would shampoo. Don't get it in their eyes. I mean, it's going to burn, of course. Um, but if you use that and let it sit on for about five minutes and rinse off, 
it's some of the best fleece shampoo that I've ever used in my life. Um, so, and it's very, very cost effective. It works great, and it's extremely safe. There you go, the dog father, Joey Villani, on Animal Radio. You want to talk to him or Dr. Debbie? Here's the toll free number 1 866 405 8405. And don't forget, you can ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome to Hour 2 of America's favorite pet talk program. Well, it is. It's my favorite. I hope it's your favorite, too. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. I actually don't listen to any other shows, so it's, <laughs> I guess I'm a little biased a little there biased, yes. as far as that goes. Uh, if you're new to the show, welcome to my left, Judy Francis. And by the way, we're all wearing headphones that, well, except for Dr. Debbie, we're all wearing headphones that have ears on top. So I have, what are my ears? They're like well, Wiley have, Coyote ears. Well, you have like bunny ears. Yeah, and you have. I, I don't have, I don't have ears. You, ha, you have tentacles. You have, uh, it's a spider. I have spiders. Spider headphones. Spider legs. Which Why is don't like, I have the ears? I don't understand. Why have I been excluded from this club? Because people need to take you seriously. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to see some real serious pictures of Dr. Debbie with like a parrot on her head, uh, head on over to the website and you'll see great pictures of all of us. But be fortunate that it is radio and that you don't have to actually see us on like TV or anything like that. But you can call us toll free 1-866-405-8405. Uh, did I say that fast enough for you? 866-405-8405. Judy's always on my case about that. Well, just think of somebody trying to write it down. I, You know, I answer the phone here a lot, and people rattle off their phone numbers so fast. They talk like this. Hi, uh, yeah, I want to talk about something. Okay, uh, can you give me a call back at 805 It's like... So, so that's why she's on my case about <laughs> yeah, this. Well, why don't we get a phone number that slow. spells something? That, that would be but helpful. It repeats, doesn't it? It does. 405-8405. It does repeat. It does when you a, say it fast, it's still hard to catch. And I'm still looking for what it says and spells out. We just don't know. Can't Other than Complugina, we yeah, don't know what it spells come out. Come up with something. So they write it down, and you may not need it today, but there may be a time that you say, hey, I really want to call the Animal Radio Dream Team. Uh, 1-866-405-8405. And then, of course, you can also download the free Animal Radio app for your smartphone if you have one of those. I still have one of those dumb phones that flip fold phones. Oh, gosh, I can't even work those anymore. But if you do have a smartphone uh, for your iPhone or your Android phone, we do have an app, and it's free. And it's not only a great way to ask your questions, but you can listen to the show. Those extended interviews that I talked about earlier, as well as uh, be apprised of recalls. If there's a food recall, you'll get a notification right on your phone, right then and there. And you can go into the kitchen and say, hmm, is this the lot that are recalling? Because there are so many recalls for pet food these days. 
Every week. Yeah, when are they going to get that together? As soon as it gets regulated like human food. Yeah. Exactly. I don't see that happening in the near future. Did I mention that we have an encore interview with Paul Reiser coming up? I just wanted to mention that again. Good. Very exciting stuff. But first, your phone calls. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Oh, I have some great news. Um, We can, or rather dogs can, understand what we humans are saying Really? They can understand, yeah, human speech. But there is a secret, one key that you have to know to successfully communicate with your dog. And we'll tell you what that is according to this latest study. I wonder if it's tone of voice, because you can pretty much get away with anything if you use the right tone of voice. <laughs> You're so ugly, my little baby. I think it's an actual um, translation dictionary. I, I think that's what it is. It's like the dog to human language dictionary. That's it. Uh, that would be Rosetta Bone. Right? Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Good one, Dr. Deb. That's all of the way. Let's go to your calls. We have Ben on the phone. Hi, Ben. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Very good. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Well, hi, Ben. Hey. Hi. What can I do for you today? Oh, uh, I had a question. I have. I rescued a dog. Um, it's a great dame. His name's Thor. And uh, they claimed he was potty trained and everything else, but uh, that wasn't the case. Um, I've mm. since potty training, but I travel for my work, and like right now I'm out of town. And when I'm out of town, he does not like to go to the bathroom for my wife um, or kids. He likes to uh, go in the house. Okay. And what kind of dog is he? He's a Great Dane. Oh, I'm sorry. He's a Great Dane. And Correct. how have you trained him? You said you potty trained him. So is he trained to go outdoors only? Yes, he does. He goes outdoors only. Uh, let him out the back door. And uh, he'll go outdoors and do his business. And uh, he, he has no accidents when I'm at home. And, but when uh, whenever my wife or kids are at home, he likes to go to the front door and uh, potty on the on the steps on the front door. I see. Okay. And so you don't have an ac- a doggy door; they have to actually physically let him outside. Correct. He okay. uh, needs to be released outdoors. Okay. Now, I, the first question I have to say is: Now, are you comfortable that that's happening on a timely basis? And, you know, I know how busy it can get with kids. So, is, do you think that's getting done appropriately when you're away? Well, I do know, especially with the wife, that he he, he does let or uh, well, he does for me. He'll actually go through the door and uh, let you know that he needs to go out. And you know, I'm sure the wife is letting him do it. But uh, as far as the kids, of course, you know, you never know what's happening with the kids. They are mm-hmm. 13, 14 years old. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's well, driving my wife nuts. Yeah. And the interesting thing is with you mentioning that this is happening primarily at the front door, to me that kind of sounds like a territorial type thing where he's feeling with you away, kind of you being the head of the household, the head dog, if you will, that when you're away he's feeling like he has to kind of demonstrate his territory bounds and just kind of set that up for anyone who might try to invade his territory. Um, so, you know, this is tough because I would say you're going to really have to, on a whole family front, um, really take him back to house training and to have uh, supervision, you know, when we are taking him outdoors um, and just right. to not 
just not allow him to go outside and assume he does the duty because we really have to kind of treat him almost like a puppy, you know, lay it on thick when you um, take him outside to do his business and then, um, you know, supervise him. And, and that's hard if, if you've got, you know, kids running around, your wife's got other things going on, but it really will require to just decrease that access and that opportunity for him to do that in the home and then, uh, you know, praise him like, you know, crazy when he does it in the appropriate area. Right. It's weird because, you know, I, I figured if he'd have an accident, he'd have it at the back door because that's where we let him out. But he doesn't. He actually goes down the front door. And, uh, of course, when, when he has an accident, being a great Dane, it's not a small puddle. Oh, no. I'm sure that's like a mountain. <laughs> well, is he pooping or peeing? Is he doing both? No, he's just peeing. He, he, he never, he's never had an accident in the house, too, and the number two is just always the, the peeing. Just the mark. So. Yeah. So, yeah, it really does kind of fall down to that whole territorial thing. And uh, the, the, the tough thing is there isn't an easy fix and, you know, a solution just to say, uh, you know, create them or, you know, keep them away from that area. But really, if you work on that training and then get the kids all involved and, um, you know, make that a concerted effort that they take him physically outside to do, do the well, duty. Well, and- she has also said that she'll even take him outside to go to the bathroom and then uh, do it. And then he'll come back inside and within minutes go downstairs and do it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I know they're letting him out, so I, I didn't know why he would do that. Cause, I mean, I'll be home with him all day long, and he'll never have that problem. Um, yeah, but you're but the boss. For him all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So he definitely doesn't have a problem feeling comfortable that he doesn't have to play the role of boss when you're there. Um, but he feels like he has to mark. So um, the best thing, if he does not do his duty, or even if he does his duty outside and comes back inside, I, I really would make sure we restrict access to that spot um, unless we're directly with him and you can supervise. Because otherwise, that pattern or that behavior is going to be repeating and repeating and repeating. So. Right. Keep him on a close leash. <laughs> All right. So just, just make sure that uh, when he is in the house that he can't make it down that way and uh, see how that works. Yeah, that's really the biggest thing. Decrease the opportunity and then praise him for when he is doing that duty in the proper spot. Um, and that pattern has to be repeated over and over and over again. And uh, Right. And that's you know, why I got him, you know, for me to go outside. Because the people I got him from, I believe, they just locked him in a room somewhere. Um, oh. When I first got him, when he, you know, he, when he would change from a carpet to linoleum, he would just flatten out and wouldn't move. Uh, <laughs> Didn't like that glass effect. That <laughs> yeah, and then even when I took him out for uh, swimming with my lab, because uh, I got a, a chocolate lab as well, uh, it took him a while to realize what water was. So. <laughs> Well, Great Danes are wonderful dogs. They have they're the gentle giants, great personalities. And, and I thank you for your call. That was a very good one. This is Dr. Debbie. If you have a question for me, give me a call at Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Italian Cable. Here's something interesting. What do you think that is? Believe it or not, that's actually a French bulldog begging to get up on the couch. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Didn't know they could make that sound, did you? Dogs surprise us every day. Everybody's talking about the video of the dogs driving. And we actually talked to that gentleman on the show. He's an amazing trainer. So today we're going to talk about his training technique. It's called clicker training. So what is it? Well, whenever your dog does something you want him to do, you use a clicker. It makes a short click sound, and it tells your dog exactly when they're doing something right. When you combine it with positive reinforcement like a tree, or a good boy, it's a very powerful way to teach your dog to do a behavior.
behavior. Researchers have long known that dogs create associations. So the more you pair up a desired action with a positive consequence, the stronger the association becomes. For instance, my dog has a rug in the kitchen and that's where he gets lots of treats. I give him a lot of affection there too. So whenever he sees me, he gets up and walks over and lays down on his rug. He makes an association with the rug that when he's there, most of the time he gets a treat, affection, or both. Brings us back to our bulldog who probably gets let up on the couch when he makes that sound. So now that we know about actions and consequences and how they create an association in your dog's mind, let's talk about what a clicker is effective in doing. The hardest, most difficult thing for you to do is to let your dog know what you want. The clicker speeds that up. You have to click at the exact moment the behavior you want happens. If your dog sits, you click. If your dog lays down, you click. If he gives you his paw, you click. It's like taking a picture of the exact behavior you want to reinforce. You actually click before you start giving the dog a command or a hand signal. The first couple of times, you just wait for your dog to sit, then you give him a quick click and a treat. When your dog gets clicked several times for sitting and starts to repeat the behavior knowing exactly what earns the click, you can start using a hand signal or the word sit. A clicker will help you be very clear in the behavior you want from your dog. Be patient and remember, good boy. This is Animal Radio, baby. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. Just because you don't have time to read a book doesn't mean you can't enjoy stories about artists and groups that you love. To discover a whole new world of audiobooks and hear the stories that made the music, visit HappylandAudio.com. That's HappylandAudio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Well, the the show seems to be flying by today. Is that just me? I, it I, is. It's just the blink of an eye. It really is. And uh, if you want to talk to us, especially like Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani, you can call us toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. In just a couple of minutes, an encore interview with Paul Reiser, comedian Paul Reiser, who's uh, not only from what I remember, Mad About You, which has got to be like the 80s or 90s. Yeah. That was, a, that was a while ago. Yeah. That was, was in... the 40s, wasn't it? It, 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 was, <laughs> it was a long time. It was a long time ago. <laughs> but he's, he's got some great books out, of course, if you don't know about uh, fatherhood and uh, couplehood and uh, falsehood, <laughs> deathhood. <laughs> They're all on the way uh, with him in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. What are you working on over there, Miss Brooks? I, I'm working, actually, so I can pay for the brand-new expensive dog food that has come out in uh, New York. They've got one in California. Now the same Malibu Dog Kitchen is on the streets of New York. But it's got to be easily the most expensive dog food that you could buy for your dog. So now, we'll tell you about is it. Is it food that you pick up and you take home, or is it food that you, you go there and eat there? No, you pick up. You can take it home. I imagine they have little, you know, tables. <laughs> <laughs> Doggy bags. Uh, I, I got to tell you, you know, our love for our animals has changed so much over the last, what, 30 years, and now we're just spoiling them. And so it does not surprise me that we would feed them better food than we eat ourselves at all. So that's our way. That's the point. Yeah. We'll find out more with Miss Brooks, our Miss Brooks, in just a few minutes. But first, your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Well, hi, Olga. How are you doing? I'm good. Where are you calling from today? Santa Fe Springs. Where Springs? Oh, Santa Fe. Like uh, the L.A. area? Yes. Okay. Well, I, I've got the whole dream team here. How can we help you? I have a new 
puppy. I've had her since she was six weeks old. And I'm trying to potty train her, but because I've never owned an animal, I'm not real certain if I'm doing this right. I don't know if I need a two pads, one for her, um, her poop and one for her urine. I'm not sure, so I just needed some assistance with that, if you could help me. Okay, let's talk potty. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how old is your puppy right now, and what kind of dog? It's a Lasso, Asa, Opso. Okay, yeah. If I said that and, correctly. Okay. And, and so you, she's ten weeks old. Ten weeks old. Okay, great. Now you said you you are doing potty pads. So um, is that the the preferred method that you are going to long term? That's what you're going to do for her as far as for pottying. I'm not really certain. I okay. I would like to see her, you know, go out and do her thing, but okay, going to be well, that's perfect. So, so that's the first step that we need to do is you in your mind need to make these decisions. It's just like if you're having a kid, you know, are they going to go to public school, private school? You know, what potty method are you going to use for your puppy? And you have to set that and really stick with that. So puppies sometimes get a little confused when we give them different rules. We say it's okay to potty in the house if you go on this pad, but I'm going to eventually want you to go outside and to tell me when you need to go so that you can go outside. So what you need to do is to... Um, keep a consistent message. If you want your puppy to go inside, then we stay with the potty pads. If you want your puppy to go outside eventually, then let's train that puppy right now for that and make the message simple and make it clear. So I'm not a fan of doing these two things together. So I would say throw away the potty pads and you're going to need to make sure that you have a plan and the plan is going to be a schedule. And a schedule is so important when we train a puppy um, in potty training because they really need to know what we want. And a schedule sets it out. So write it down on a piece of paper. Get up in the morning, puppy goes outside. Puppy gets fed, puppy goes outside. Playtime. 15, 20, 30 minutes later, puppy goes outside. And really making sure you accompany the puppy when you go outside. So we don't want to just say, hey, go do your thing. You go with the puppy on a light leash. Go do your thing. You give a potty command. Always very important because that helps them understand with a verbal command in the future. So they go potty. You say, good boy, good boy. And then you give either a treat or praise. It's a very core basic thing. My dog is on my puppy's only ten weeks old and it only has a few of its shots. It's is it okay for me to put the take the doggy out to the grass? I yes, absolutely. Was. Yes, okay. no, no. Puppies should not be, you know, locked up in a house and for the fear of infectious disease that, to not have them receive puppy training. So potty training is essential. And if your is your yard secure so other dogs aren't in there? Yes. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so don't be afraid of going outside. Now we do, as as any any situation, we want to pick up stool matter and not leave that sitting there. But no, don't uh, be afraid of taking your pet outside and uh, and really just making sure that you know you're consistent. That is the key to everything with puppies. Um, sometimes it gets very t- tiresome and tedious, and it's hard. It's really hard to be consistent. You just get darn tired. 
Um, but uh, you know, the, it, it will all pay off. Um, the more consistent and um, you know, share, showering with positive praise. We don't try to use negative reinforcement. So don't rub your puppy's nose in messes. Don't yell and scold at them. Him. If you find the accident in the in the making and you can say no 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 and then you take the doggy outside and praise when it happens in the right location. But really, negative reinforcement goes. It, it can actually be counterproductive and make some pups um, more afraid and less apt to do what we want in the future. So, okay. are you doing some of those other things there as well? Yes, I'm doing the majority of what you said, and I'm very consistent with her. So I will try that. And I really appreciate all your information. Thank you so much. Okay, well, great. Good luck with your little girl, Olga, and uh, let us know how things go. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Olga. We appreciate it. Toll-free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to any one of the Dream Team. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. For all of us dog lovers, here's some proof of something that we have always wanted to hear The average dog has the ability to understand human speech. Scientists in Hungary claim to have found proof that dogs use both sides of their brains to understand the meaning and also the intonation of the words we use in pretty much the same way that we humans process language. The researchers who scanned the brains of 13 dogs, including a lot of border collies and golden retrievers, as they were listening to commands from their owner to track brain activity. They found that the dogs all knew they were being praised, but only when both the word and the emotion behind that word were said in a positive light. Now, findings showed that when meaningless words were spoken in an encouraging voice or praise was delivered in a neutral tone, the dogs didn't register the same brain activity. Uh, Put it maybe more simply another way, saying good dog is not going to do the trick. You got to mean it when you say it. You got to match it up. The lead researcher is a neuroscientist at a university in Budapest. He said, dog brains care about both what we say and how we say it. Praise can work as a reward only if both your word meaning and your intonation, the excitement that you give it, match. You know what? I was looking at this article. I was going to talk about this article, <laughs> but you beat me to Isn't it. Isn't that amazing? The, they put them in an MRI machine. And those of us that know what an MRI machine or ever had an MRI before, it's, for me, it's something that's, uh, intentionally claustrophobic and I don't like to sit still. But they actually trained these 13 dogs to sit still, lie motionless for the wow. MRI, which is amazing that they could do that in the first place. With with headphones on, right, Hal? <laughs> so that they could listen through the headphones to the commands that their owners were giving them. That's pretty incredible. Wow. Right there. I can't get any dog to sit still for that long. 
I can't. <laughs> Me either. Uh, many people do not have high opinions of pharmaceutical companies these days, but this might change your mind a little. Zoetis, an animal pharmaceutical and health company, did a lot recently to help animals affected by the devastating flooding that happened in Louisiana. It was the worst natural disaster to strike the U.S. since Superstorm Sandy, according to the Red Cross. Uh, you know, thousands of people there lost their homes, and you know, when people lose their homes, their companion animals Animals become homeless too. A lot of livestock animals were also affected. So to help our four-legged friends, the company donated more than $170,000 worth of medications as well as diagnostic supplies to help our furry friends in need down south. Researchers in Australia are trying to learn more about feral cats and the damage they can do to the ecosystem. The only problem problem is is that cats can be really hard to catch when they're wild (laughs) so the scientists there with the australian wildlife conservancy began using dogs outfitted with muzzles so they could catch the cats sort of chase them up a tree or whatnot but they couldn't hurt the cats results of their cat tracking study show feral felines spend much of their time in australia mostly among heavily grazed land and acreage that has been charred by wildfires. So apparently this is where the feral cats are finding their food. The scientists are hoping that information they've got can help them round up more feral cats and protect better the endangered species that cats prey upon. It's estimated that Australia is home to at least 20 million feral cats. That's a lot. Do we have any idea how many might be in America? No, I have What's that, Hal? I have no clue. Do you? I should have looked that up. Yeah, look no, up. I don't. But when it said twenty million, I mean that's that's a like a, a huge city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Californians were the first to have it, but now all of our friends in New York also have the same luxury dog food option because Malibu Kitchen has come to town. Malibu Dog Kitchen is what it's called, but it's kind of costly, with a monthly cost about the same as the price of parking your car in a Manhattan garage for 30 days. That would be a pretty penny. But, hey, (laughs) they make really quality stuff. They serve up uh, probably better things than most of us eat, grass-fed beef, free-range chicken, wild-caught sardines paired with some, you know, really trendy ingredients like kale, Fuji apples, Icelandic fish oil. So even if you think your companion is worth it, well, the price is still kind of high. $16.50 for four cups worth. Wow. So if you have, you know, doing the math, ten pound, a 10-pound dog, let's say, uh-huh. um, that eats one cup a day. Carry the one. Your bill, yeah, to feed <laughs> that dog is going to be about 120 bucks a month. Uh-huh. Now, if you are a favorite of, or if, you know, you really like big breed dogs, 150 pounds or more, that's really going to cost you maybe around $500 Holy a moly. month to Jeez. feed your dog. Or, but... You could always, because it is human quality food, you and your dog could split a meal. Oh, there you At go. that price? Really? <laughs> yeah. <It's>, yeah. <laughs> They're doing a good business. If they, if they can afford to take their California shop and open up in New York, wow. Yeah, I think they're in Greenwich Village, so if you're ever there, you might want to check it out. Yeah, if the dog invites you, though, they have to pay for it, don't they? I mean, isn't that the etiquette? <laughs> That's the way it works. Yeah. By the way, I just wanted to mention really fast, uh, Judy looked up, thank God for the Internet. I don't know what we did before the Internet. Wikipedia says there are 50 million, 50 million 
felines, feral felines in the United States. Wow. That's a lot I of would never have guessed that number. God bless Wikipedia. What did we do before the internet? We ran to the library. I know. And on our bicycles and used encyclopedias. Yes, I remember. Is that what we did? And remember those big card file systems that they had at the library? The Dewey Decimal System. The Dewey Decimal yes. System. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for me. I'm Lori Brooks. You can get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com or your nearby local library. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hey, Lisa, how you doing? Hi, real good. How you doing? Good. What's going on? Well, um, I've got two neutered male kidneys. Um, one's two years old, one's one year old. Um, Eddie's the older one, Cody's the younger one. And they get along great. They're best buddies. Um, but when a strange cat comes along, um, Cody, the younger one, gets very aggressive, territorial, I understand all that, and, you know, the strange cat will move on, and that's fine, but what I don't understand is then he'll turn on Eddie and get aggressive mm-hmm. with Eddie afterwards, and that's okay. the part that um, I don't understand at all. Okay, so are your kitties going outside, or are they just inside and, and kind of witnessing the cat, like, perusing their yard? <laughs> well, they're predominantly indoor cats, but they'll hang around the doorway, um, and maybe a strange cat will come by the doorway. All right. Well, this is an easy question to answer and a hard one to fix. <laughs> so I'll start with, it's definitely, when cats do this, this is what we call redirected, redirected aggression. And even though the fellow cat in the house is not the one causing the stress or causing the problem, he's the closest thing nearby. So when cats that see, say, a stray cat in the yard or they look through the window and they see one, they become agitated and, and they have stress. They don't know how to release that. So they'll turn to the left and the right and whatever's closest, whether it's like another cat or even a human uh, or a dog, uh, whoever might be around in the immediate area becomes the victim. And it's truly um, an anxiety. It's a, a way that they redirect uh, their necessary behavior that they would want to respond. Um, so cats can, just can't say, hey, buddy, get lost. You know, they have to demonstrate that through actions. And that's exactly what he's doing. He just doesn't recognize nor is he able to stop that he's picking the wrong cat. So the challenge is um, for cats that are solely indoors, um, we start from that point and talking about, you know, blocking access to the other kitties so they can't see them. Now, if your cats are going outside, you're going to ha- probably not get a hold of this problem um, because if they're going outside, they're unsupervised most likely. They may see other kitties and you have no way of it preventing that interaction. So what needs to happen is that your cats need to not see outdoor cats at all. Otherwise, you're going to keep having these problems. And the reason is, is that cats remain persistently aroused for many hours to even days. So many times, and I actually have one client who we went through this for months and it was well over a year um, because even though the cat had maybe attacked the other cat, you know, an hour ago, um, later in the day, the cats would fight again because just the sight of the fellow cat in the household re kind of reawakened that interaction. I, I remember that cat outside, and when I saw my brother, that's when the problems happened. So then they attack the trigger to what they believe was the other cat being in the in the environment. So 
this can be tough. <laughs> so um, your best best bet is to try to deter kind of the vision and the sight of those. So keeping them indoors, closing blinds. I've even put window films on windows at the lower level where the kitties are. Um, keeping them away from the windows or the doors, whether that be by using sticky tape or taking those carpet runners, turning them upside down. Just got to keep the cats from getting to where they see the outdoor kitties. Yeah. Uh, is the complete opposite. He's non-aggressive, and he couldn't care less if another cat. Oh, for the other kitty? Yeah, and they're and they're individuals. Absolutely, you know, there's 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 um, no reason we're going to expect a cat to behave the same just because they're a cat. Um, people are very different as well. So you you just got two different personalities, and their stress um, tolerances are different in how they manifest that. So um, you know that's going to be one of the best things you can do is block that access. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. If you have cats, I bet you didn't realize there's a connection between common health problems in cats to the type of litter you use. Ammonia forms in the litter box and can cause vomiting, diarrhea, drooling, panting, and even upper respiratory infections. You can stop this by switching to Cats Incredible Litter. It has patented technology that stops ammonia from forming with all profits going to help animals in need. Available now at your local pet store and Petco stores nationwide. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, you know who we're going to welcome to the air right now is we have Paul Reiser. I first watched him in Mad About You, but he's done so many things since. He's a great, not only a great actor, but a phenomenal musician. He's written some great books. Uh, the books, I believe, uh, all hood books, babyhood, familyhood, couplehood. Uh, Paul, are you there? I am here. I, I, noticed, I don't know reason to slow down the lovely introduction. Well, I was enjoying it. I was looking at the difference between the three different books here, and really... I get they, younger, don't I? You do get younger. Uh-huh. You get more hair, if I'm reading it <laughs> yeah, in the right direction. It's a deal I, I made with the devil years ago. <laughs> um, you might have them in the wrong sequence, I'm going to respectfully <laughs> that's, suggest. That's probably you might have backwards. Couplehood was first. Uh, then babyhood, then familyhood, and then I'm working on my next one, deathhood. Oh, Definitely. which will be very uh, hopefully uh, late in coming. So uh, listen, now you don't have any pets at home, right? That's wrong. See how you're wrong? I am wrong. Uh-huh. You are so we did wrong. Have right in front of me. I'm looking at a uh, my beautiful chocolate lab. Uh, I don't want to say his name because he'll get up. <laughs> and he's so happy and content now. Uh, no, but I have a chocolate lab who's 11 and a half and uh, wow. a great, beautiful dog. We do our research on Wikipedia. We try to vet every, get all the information. Yeah, I guess that was a family secret. So what's, what's your dog's name? Bosco the dog. Bosco. Bosco. Does Bosco have bad breath? Uh, you know what? He really doesn't. And, and I also, and I don't mind bad bre- dog breath. I enjoy, I don't like bad breath on people. Yeah. But I, I, I must say, I, I never mind uh, uh, the breath of the dog. You know, that's... And it's not his problem. We should... He is the exact same color as our floor. Uh, and he's into, he's impossible. He, 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 it's like one of those puzzles. You can't. It's like where's Waldo? You can't actually see him. He's right there, and he's ninety pounds, and yet he's invisible. He sinks in, and uh, so it's a bit of a danger because people have tripped over him. So we're thinking of painting him fluorescent orange. <laughs> Might not be the best thing for him, but if lost at sea, you're going to find this dog. You're really yeah, thinking yeah. ahead there, yeah. So, uh, and I'm glad you said that you like your dog's breath because I kind of like my dog's breath. It's kind of fun, and it's also special because you know I know who that is. You don't have to turn around. <laughs> you go. That's all, that can only be one person. <laughs> How long have you had Bosco? Oh, uh, we got him. He was uh, young, like uh, like brand new. He was like six weeks. It wasn't even eight weeks. He was six weeks old, 
and uh, really beautiful. And, and, of course, they get big very fast. And um, he's slowing down a little bit. I see it now. Uh-huh. I see it. You know what? He used to He used to sit. I, this is how exciting my life is, by the way. I used to watch my dog sit and watch squirrels. So I'm not even watching the squirrel. <laughs> I'm watching one animal ch- watch another animal. And, and he would chase them. He would see it. And now he just uh, he sort of lets them be. He, he watches, but he's not in a hurry to get them. Because truth he's be told, when he got them, he wouldn't know what to do anyway. But um, I, let me ask you this about squirrels, and, and this is the reason I'm calling. <laughs> no, it's not the real reason I'm calling. <laughs> but put that aside. Yeah. Squirrels, if you watch them, you will note they will scurry from one tree to the other. And I see, I'm watching this, and he's going back and forth, and he's obviously building a home of some sort in one tree, but he's got all the supplies in the other tree. So he's going with the branch, and he's got like a construction hat on, and he's got a little flashlight. He's, he's clearly building. <laughs> what my question is, what could possibly be better, so much better about the second tree that he's going to relocate? Because the first tree, he seems very happy. He's got all his supplies, but no, he's decided tree number two is for him. This is he's what, got a you, girl on the side in that tree. Huh? Oh. I was going to say, he must be a male. Yes. Yeah, yeah well, or maybe it's for the kids. Maybe better schools in the second tree. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes you're happy, but you got to make a move for the children. That's what I suspect it is. See, I think he's a male. He can't commit, so he's got to go to the next tree. Uh, could be, could be. Interesting. You know what? For your interest, I next time I see the squirrel, I'm going to ins- investigate a little closer. Okay. I'm going to pick up the tail and see what's going on. Okay. I, I want to see that one. That's going to be fun. Squirrels have uh, notable sexual parts. Do they? They sure do. Are they marked? Would it have a, a little line that says squirrel penis as it's pointing? Uh, no, there's no color coding or no, uh, arrows there. No. That would help me. <laughs> and by the way, I'm glad we're getting this on the record because short of this, absent this, I think people, my family might be alarmed. They see me pinning down a squirrel and, and looking yeah. underneath it. They go, what? That is snap. That is really snap. But now they see I'm doing it for science. Yes. Yeah. Just make sure to videotape. Yes, I will videotape it and get it to you. Well, you know, you talk about uh, animals, some some animals being cute and some animals being, uh, uh, like, the ones you can eat. You don't really yes, think about. you don't eat the cute ones. You don't, you don't, uh, you know, and you eat... You get, in fact, people get angry uh, because the dolphins are getting caught in the tuna nets. Then they go, well, you can't do that to the dolphin. But they don't seem to mind the ugly tunas that are getting <laughs> chopped up and put in a can. But if it has a little head and a puppy and a name, it's so cuteness. It, it, so it pays to be cute if you're an animal. Why well, very few, very few pet porcupines, by the way. Not so cuddly. <laughs> you need to be cuddly and cute. Uh, do you let Bosco in bed? Do you, oh, absolutely. Th- he sleeps with you. You know, I'm going to be quite honest. Okay. I'm, I'm sure. Last in the last uh, ten twelve months, doesn't have the he's not doesn't have the the uh, he's like Kobe he can't quite he, he can't quite leap the way he used to oh so he's not getting uh, up uh, well, he doesn't make the same money that. that Kobe's making but um, <laughs> I would say he is suffering with the same uh, incomplete leap. <laughs> <laughs> also, I will give this to Kobe. My dog cannot dribble to his left. Um, and, and he also doesn't pass the ball, by the way. If he gets the ball, he kind of keeps it in his mouth. I mean, my dog, not Kobe. But neither of them, uh, notably. Although, lately, Kobe's been sharing nicely, I have to say that. Um, also, by the way, we don't let Kobe in the bed. Just so you know. Great guy. I admire his work. He's not getting on the bed. 
Oh, good. There you go, Paul Reiser. Thank you so much All for right. your time. Take thank care. Thank you both. Bye. Bye. Okay, let's get on out of here. I want to thank, uh, well, Paul Reiser for his encore interview today, and thank you for joining us. Remember, if you need your fix during the week, you can head on over to animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We'll catch you next week right here. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.